Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. One of the keys to, like, maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. You're very welcome to another episode of An Irishman Running Abroad with me, Jarnath Regan, an Irish athletics legend, Sonia O'Sullivan, currently locked down in her quarantine hotel, but halfway there. So what better topic to cover this week than recovery, given that recovery, Sonia, has essentially been forced upon you. Now, from what I can tell, you are actively recovering, which is a nearly miraculous because... You are in a shoebox. If anybody has seen Sonia's activity chart on Strava, you'll know that it looks like a bee stuck in a jar. You are making the most of the space you have. So what better topic to cover, given that both of the countries that most of our listeners come from are in heavy lockdown by the time they get to hear this. How has it been, first of all, Sonia, on the first week? And do you feel like the end is in sight? Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm I'm over the hill now. You know, we're on the the downhill and the the home straight, I suppose. So um, yeah, I'm just about on the countdown now, and um, yeah, I'm I'm used to it at this stage, I suppose. I've created my little routine, and yeah, I mean there is there's a lot of recovery. You're missing out on all your normal daily steps and rushing around the place, and you know, like. I was telling the police here when I, you know, have the little chats in the lift and I said, yeah, you're just going out there and, you know, doing as much activity as you can to wear yourself out so that you get tired and you get hungry. Mm, (laughs) The whole purpose of this thing is just to, you know, to fill your day with some kind of activity so that you're not sitting around and lying around, you know, all the time. And, you know, it's easy to do that. And, you know, that is one, I suppose, portion of recovery. But, you know, we all do need to be active as well. And um, it's a chance, I suppose, when you're doing active recovery is to, you know, focus on little exercises and weaknesses that you might have. Do a couple of stretches, strengthening routines. And so I've been trying to include that in my daily walks just to break things up a little bit. And, um, yeah, I go with a little note card most days and a prescription for myself of different exercises to complete. Well, it's it's not like we joked last week that it was like, you know, Shawshank Redemption and you'd found your red on the on the exercise yard. You know, it's not prison. But like from what I've ha- heard from you and the interactions we've had throughout the week, you know, other people mightn't be well equipped for it because you essentially over your career have had mental strength training just as much as you've had athletic training. Your mental strength is off the charts. If we were to get a psychologist in here to 
accurately assess what your mental strength is. It's an, on another level to what most of us will know. So loads of people right now are in their lockdown phase and they're they're limited to the 5k radius in Ireland. Uh, I don't know if that's what's going to come in here from Boris on Thursday, but uh, it does play on your mind, obviously, the restriction. You said a couple of things to me that I think would probably help a lot of listeners with that feeling of restriction. Talk to us a little bit before we get into what's happened this week in terms of our own event and a, a deeper conversation about recovery about how you mentally ignore those feelings and manage to push through in the situation that you find yourself in right now. Yeah, well, I think, you know, I'm, I've am i always been very good at blocking things out and focusing on, you know, things that I can do and not what I can't do. And so I think from years and years of doing that, you know, I, I'm, it's kind of ingrained in me to really just look at, you know, a restriction is really, it's a limitation. And, you know, you push the limits and the barriers as much as you can. And um, a bit like, you know, the first day I was here, I just went out there and I kept walking and to see how long can I stay out here. <laughs> and mm. and then you get an idea of what you can actually do. And then I think, you know, with the limitations and restrictions, you have to be creative and you have to look at, okay, I have this small space here, but what can I actually do here? And, you know, even, you know, when I go down there every morning to the yard or the courtyard, um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's other people out there and I know we're all looking at each other and, you know, you're checking out what everybody else is doing as well. And, you know, some people are walking around there and they're, you know, they're hardly walking. <laughs> they're just like strolling. And yeah, then there's possibly. others out there. They're doing like little variations of exercises and you have fellas and sprinting out there. There was a fellow out there today. He looked like a rugby player. And he was like hammering it up and down. <laughs> I mean, at one stage I was kind of lining up behind him and I was going to have a go and see. Because <laughs> you can't tell how fast people are going because in a small space, everybody looks like they're going fast when they're moving yeah. compared to everybody yeah. walking around. So, you know, you're just all kind of, I suppose everybody's doing what they can do. And, you know, that's mm. what everybody has to do is to... and. You know, a diff you know, I suppose one of the other difficult things is that if you think about what you can't do and what others are doing, then you're kind of taken away from yourself. So I think it's a time to be somewhat selfish and to really focus on what you can do yourself and not worry about what other people are doing, because other people will probably have, you know, greater uh, they'll have more freedom than you will. Like somebody might live by the beach or something and, you know, they'll feel mm. a lot more freedom than if you're in a small, you know, town street of, you know, five kilometer distance. So I think, you know, you can't really worry about what others are doing and just think about what you're doing yourself. And, and if you can connect in with people in your local area and, you know, that can be, you don't actually have to meet up with people, but just to connect online and, you know, share your experiences of what you're doing and, you know, make it a fun experience. And that mm. can become a little bit of a competition as well. Like who can be the most creative and come up with the more ideas to, you know, I suppose you're just filling your time and being as active as you can be. But there's so much in what you've just said there has application for everyone in this time that we find ourselves in. I mean, comparison really is the enemy, isn't it? Even though you know, we have our Strava running club up there. 
strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman abroad and not everybody's in that but for that very reason that they feel like well comparing kind of leaves me feeling hollow and inadequate is, is what uh, the messages that I get occasionally from people saying I'm sorry I'm not in the Strava group but uh there's a lot in that, Sonia, and what you say there, I can see that you've had time to reflect on it, and there are a lot of reflection time while you're there. I couldn't believe it, though, that you managed to do our Irishman Abroad Challenge event this weekend, 5K in in that tiny space. What the hell were you thinking doing that? Because you didn't just do the 5K, you did more, didn't you? Um, oh, I kept walking. I did a little bit of a walk warm up, and but I think I had it in my mind that I was going to do it. And it's one of those things. Once I decide to do something, you know, I'm going to do it. And I was very lucky because the policeman came to get me at six forty in the morning, which is the earliest he's ever got me. And Brilliant. he he said to me, "Oh, he said it's going to be hot out there today." So I thought I I saw your name in the list, so I thought I'd come and get you early. And then nice. I just went down there and I just put my head down and I just started running and I haven't been doing much running here and there was nobody else down there so I just thought I've got to take advantage of this you know small space there's no people I've nobody to avoid and I got pretty much up until about the last 500 meters before anybody else came out and you know I I just kind of (laughs) but it was definitely (laughs) mind-boggling like I just had I'd worked out a little route that I you know it was smaller than you know the big loop (laughs) the big small loop (laughs) But it was the one with the easier tangents to run along. And, um, you know, I just kind of focused on that. And it was weird because I really think I've just blanked out. And because I didn't look in at the police or I was just kind of just going, running, running, running. And I I knew it was going to take me over 30 minutes. And it was just going to be a probably a mental challenge as much as anything else. And I think when you tell people that you're going to do something, you've committed to it and you know so it doesn't really matter what it is whether it's going for a fast time or going for a distance i think once you make your mind up to do something you know it's it's much easier to actually go out there and do it and you know i suppose you just accept the challenge and you go for it and it's like what you've been doing the past few weeks is that you've seen you know what where you've come from you've seen where you started and the progress that you've made and all of a sudden you can set targets and goals for yourself that are a little bit more challenging than you probably ever imagined that you could do. Mm, yeah, well, that's, you know, that's an understatement. I can't, I can't believe that this weekend we had our first challenge event and, that it, you know, I ran, for those that missed it, I ran the 5k in uh, 25 minutes and, you know, kept that pace going. And, you know, it's not, it's not the Olympics, <laughs> it's not the World Championships. But as we've always said on this show, and the whole purpose of the Irishman running abroad challenge for Jigsaw.ie is that understanding that everybody is running their own race. And as you say, it is within the limitations and within that sphere that you exist in that you raise the bar and try and get over it. And, you know, you've been incredibly helpful that way, as have all of the listeners. And we had a massive turnout. Like it has to be said, the group, uh, the running club is booming. There's we're approaching 400 members in there and we had so many people taking part. Matt Moran, Simon Egan, Bernard Slowey, who ran a personal best, Sharon, Sharon Goldrick, Gillian Ryan, Greg Barry ran through the floods to do his, Christopher Marr up the Moran Mountains, not to mention 
all the people, as I said, who aren't on Strava and all the people who got in touch with them. Just beautiful support like uh, uh, Laura McNulty, Mark Anthony, Stacey, Neil McLaughlin, Seamus McIntyre, Claire Enright, Ian O'Brien, David Kelly, Rachel Calvey, Aidan McDonnell, Emer Deegan. Without turning this podcast into just a shout out fest, these messages and the support and the community of what happened this weekend in terms of the challenge really made me, uh, you know, really it was overwhelming in some ways because, as you say, this started from nothing. Like I literally had nothing to build on and it's proof that it can be done. I mean, uh, the five minute pace was the key here. And I guess I, 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 like you said, lost myself in it. Tina said, Jar, how long is this going to take? It's Halloween morning. Mikey's very excited. And the house is all set up and covered in decorations. And I said, don't worry. This is going to be quick. I'm just going to get in, get out and get this done. And I don't think I even uh, thought about turning around, which was obviously the plan was to turn around at 2.5k. And instead, I found myself in the next town at 5k, having run my best time. Uh, significantly better than anything I'd run and then had to have this enforced cool down run which you gave me massive kudos for a load of people were like that's that serious beast stuff is this uh, 30 minute cool down run that I did on the way back but it was really just enforced upon me because I I, I honestly kind of lost myself in it and I think you you had talked about that in the beginning that this wasn't about over stressing yourself that what we're trying to do here is learn how to fully relax and switch off through the run. So in that way, I'm more proud of that than of the time or anything else or all of that stuff. The time and the funds raised for Jigsaw uh, really made this a really special weekend. You sent me a load of results. What was your, first of all, what was your takes on you? So, well, I think, yeah, I think, you know, what you said there is, you know, that's, I suppose, what everybody's trying to achieve or trying to get to is the ability to run and to be running without looking at your watch and thinking how far more or, you know, mm. how, how, how has it only been this amount of time? And, you know, I often find myself running and you, you run as far as you can without looking at your watch at all, because mm. you don't want to, you want to see how little you have left to go rather than how far you have left to go so i think you know by being able to i suppose embrace the flow and the feeling of running that it just takes you away from you know all the normal distractions and just even like just the phone interaction that we have there's so much of that we have daily um to be able to just escape that for you know a half an hour is fantastic 100 percent, you know that's my favorite thing i like i I don't generally, you know, if I had a choice, I wouldn't run with my phone. I only run with it because if I want to listen to a podcast, um, but, you know, in normal times, if I'm at a park or a track or something, I, I don't generally bring it with me. And, you know, I need it here because otherwise I wouldn't be able to stay out there that long. But I think, you know, it's just a nice feeling to be able to escape all that noise that we have in our day and just Definitely. have that real kind of, just connection with nature time is, you know, what I really enjoy. And um, I think, you know, the, it sometimes it can take a while for 
people to get to that and to experience that because they start off so focused on needing to be distracted while they're running. Um, but mm. I think eventually everybody does get to that point. And so then you can have days, you can have kind of um, technology-free days where you don't have to listen to anything. And you can just go out there and lis- listen to the birds and, you know, look around and smell the roses. Yeah, just be in nature, like uh, like John Connell said, uh, just be in nature. And uh, yeah, just I love that smell the roses run idea. I think that's kind of taken off a little bit among the group that people are posting their smell the roses Friday uh, run, which is just at zero pressure, no judgment just let your feet have a fun time Uh, and that's you know that's kind of part of what we're about to dip into here because on the other side of this there's recovery uh, coming out of recovery in every sense so I thought we'd talk about the down week that you suggested a couple of weeks back that maybe you need a, a week where we curtail the mileage by you know 50 to 90 percent depending on what suits uh, but also, I thought worth talking about recovery post any run or any of this stuff. We've had some amazingly helpful comments from other people who run a lot further than me saying that, you know, you're on track to, to achieve this goal of doing the marathon uh, in Dublin in a year's time. But now the focus needs to be on self-care, uh, flexibility and strength. Would you go along with that? And what place does recovery fit into that? Yes, yeah, so there's there's lots of different methods of recovery. And, and I think the first, I suppose, thing in recovery is to accept that you need to recover. Because what happens is you get into this very rigid routine and you have the days that you run and the routes that you run and the different, you know, sessions that you might do on particular days. And so that can you can get really stuck in that routine and you don't want to let it go. So Hmm. sometimes you have to kind of drag yourself away from that and allow yourself to relax and to recover. And part of when I came back here and knowing I was going to be, you know, in a situation where I wasn't going to be able to run for a lot. I know I said to a friend who's been helping me out with some running this year, he's actually one of our running members in there, Trevor Cummins. And, Mm -hmm. um, in Cove, and I said to him, you know, I said, actually, you know, I'm, ha- I'm happy enough not to have to run for a couple of weeks because I've done a lot of running this summer. And so sometimes I just feel like, you know, there's a lot of running in my legs. I need a little bit of a break. And even though I want to be active, I'm happy enough not to have that, you know, training routine for a couple of weeks and just do active recovery. And, you know, even little things like stretching exercises and focusing on, you know, your your upper body and your kind of shoulders and your back and you know keep because when we run we can tend to have our shoulders can close in a little bit and so we need to open those up a little bit and work on things that you normally don't have time for because you only have time you only have so much time for exercise and absolutely you know if you feel like the most benefit you're getting is from going for a run then that's going to be the number one every day and so you have less time available for, you know, stretching out muscles and, you know, nearly like yoga routines even just to do them slowly. And, you know, there's there's such a feeling with exercise that you have to go hard and you have to be, you know, burning energy. Whereas there comes a time when you have to just slow down a little bit and just stretch out a little bit and focus on other areas, you know, that, you know, you, you're still maintaining 
healthy and fitness routine, but not just in not in the endurance level of it, but more in a kind of I suppose a slow kind of relaxing level. Yeah, no, and that makes a lot of sense. Like I do think that when we have a an a, a clock on us, right? There's an overall goal clock here that you say is forcing us to think. Oh, I, I don't even have time to do one of these recovery weeks because I've got my big goal in mind. But when I prepared for this conversation, everything I read said, look, you're on a stairs. You're incrementally going up a step, up a step. We're on a a pattern and a trajectory of upwards in terms of your fitness and your mileage. So in order to go up a step, there needs to be a longer, flatter period at times to make a bigger next step. And I just felt like I probably think very visually, but I do think that that visual made sense to me that a, a kind of a, a landing phase, if you were to still use the analogy of the stairs, allows you to to bounce up onto that next step a little bit easier, right? Yeah, um, yeah, you definitely reach a level, you know, it's kind of another level and then you plateau out for a little bit. And, you know, mm. if you if you keep trying too hard, you might even go down a bit. So that's where you do have to kind of absorb the training that you have. And if you choose to have a rest or a little bit of a recovery and and that may just be that when you go out the door that you're not really going after it every day, you're just going out there and you're enjoying it, then you're in control if you're choosing to do that rather than if you're forced to do it through injury or illness. So you're kind of fending off, you know, something coming up and stopping you in your tracks by taking it easy and then starting again. And, you know, then Mm -hmm. you go into another block of training and you aim for the next target and the next goal. And you look at areas where you think that you can improve a bit and, you know, you try and include those extra things into your training week. Well, right. So that makes a whole load of sense. And I think that, you know, from looking at some of our uh, members and obviously, as I say, they're not all our members. They're not all our listeners. Not everyone's on Strava. Not everyone even has a, a smart watch to to track these things. And they're just enjoying the ride with us here and getting more active, which is you know, just imperative in, in the situation we find ourselves. There's that overall discussion that we're having here about rest weeks in the context of a larger goal but let's talk a tiny bit about recovery post any run i mean just just any type of uh, exertion in this way i am definitely guilty of at times just coming back getting showered and getting to the desk because of the amount of plates that irish man abroad podcast has spinning at the moment and i'm sure there's others who identify with that who feel like yeah, I'd love to do some foam rolling, but I mean, that is adding another 20 minutes. I've already devoted an hour to this. If you were to say to someone, you're to take a listener who's agreeing with that, what to you, Sonia, are the three most essential things to your recovery post a session or any kind of a run? Well, I think one thing that people can do, and if they think about this is that you don't stop at your front door 
so I think if you stop your run about 400 meters away from your house and then walk back and then you can be kind of stretching and taking your time as you walk back, mm. you can stop and do a few stretches along the way, then you're more likely to do it. Whereas I know there's yeah. certain times and, you know, I'm like this myself often when you have to finish at your front door because, you know, you've got to go in and get changed and showered and out the door again or to your desk or, you know, there's a bit of a schedule to keep to. But I think mm. on certain days, it's quite nice to just stop and walk and just kind of, you know, just think about what you've just done and, you know, come in the door with your heart rate down a little bit and not rushing around the place. So in order to do that, of course, you probably have to go out the door a few minutes earlier than <laughs> planned so that you can have that bonus time to play around with at the end and even just to take a few minutes of stretching when you come back. And it doesn't have to take, it doesn't have to be that much. It's just a couple of little stretches so that you're less likely to be a bit achy the next day. Yeah. So you're talking like in terms of a stretch, right? Because like a stretching uh, session after a run could be how long is a piece of string? I mean, what I tend to do is hamstrings, quads and calves and uh, ankles, ankles, yeah. But like I'm not I'm not going mad. I'm I'm literally just doing it until it feels like that felt good, that those are feeling a little bit better. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I'm talking about. It's just these little stretches just so that you feel like you've kind of, I suppose you kind of, what do you do? You iron out any of the kinks that can kind of get stuck mm. in you. And, and another method of doing that is if you are going to your desk, that you take a break, you know, when you stand up and you might do a few stretches, you know, between phone calls or something like that and just mm. include it in your day so that you're not kind of going from, fully motion running to sitting down in a fixed position for a long time and that you're Very able good. to move your position. And, you know, I think, you know, for a lot of people who are working from home now, I think, you know, the idea of a stand up desk is amazing. And, you know, I, you don't have to stand up all day long, but it definitely, I think, helps a lot. Let me say one one thing here. I was like shattered after Saturday's run and probably Tina will testify to this a little bit grouchy <laughs> she's gonna laugh when she hears that because I I I was depleted I mean I felt like I had used the 30 minute window that people talk about I'm sure our listeners know about this that there's this 30 minute window after your session that you need to use that to refuel with something whether it's a protein shake a protein bar or even just a banana or something that you've, you know, s sustainable that will refuel you and recharge. But I was grouchy. I mean, there's no question of that. I will tell you what I tend to do is ice my knees. And I wondered, is that that actually improves my, my mood? I find that if I just get that bit of sit down with these strapped on, I have these strapped on packs that you can get on on Amazon, which are, you know, 10 or each, and they just strap on with Velcro around and kind of just even the compression and the ice makes my legs feel better. <laughs> but I wonder, do you know whether that's a good or a bad idea? And secondly, 
do you at all suffer with grouchiness? Does am I the only? Is this a uh, is this just a Jarlet thing, or, or <laughs> is there anything no, I can do fairly, to avoid it's it? It's fairly normal. Like you know, when you put in a big hard effort, you can be fairly depleted. And like I often find, you know, if I've done a, a long run or a hard session, that you come back and you might just lie down. <laughs> You might lie down and even be looking on your phone and stuff and the time can go by and then you kind of have to say to yourself, oh, I got to get off, I got to get, you know, you, you mm. kind of have to get on with your day, but you're, you've kind of stalled because you've worn yourself out. And then what happens in that time is, you know, if you don't, like, even if you have a small snack, you're still very hungry. And I think you're probably a bit more agitated and irritable because you're hungry and you can't mm. kind of satisfy yourself quick enough. And it, it can take a bit of time to kind of settle down and, you know, I suppose get the fuel into yourself again and to, mm. you know, move on from the, the hard effort because, you know, it, yeah. it affects you mentally and physically. And if it's a hot day at all, then, you know, it can get through your head as well and you can have a headache going around for a while because then you've got to drink up lots of fluids to rehydrate as well. Yeah. And so a lot of these things you can't prevent, but they kind of hit you like a ton of bricks when you come back Big after time. hard effort. And so then all of a sudden, you know, you've got to get on with things and, you know, your family and people are waiting for you to do stuff. So, but you're not quite ready for it yet. <laughs> so, so some days, you know, it can take a little bit longer as long as this isn't happened yeah, every day. It's, it's normal. Yeah, yeah, no, it is true. That is the thing that you are expected to go. Right. You've had your time. You've had your time with your with your running. <laughs> now it's time to carve this pumpkin <laughs> and, and get on with things. Yeah, well, that uh, was a very uh, concentrated effort you needed for, for carving that pumpkin. That <laughs> was fine yeah. detail there at its best. And, and the pressure, Sonia, you know, idea of the pressure. Maybe it's pressure that I put on myself, but just the stress. I'm sure there's listeners who know all about this. The stress of having promised to carve a pumpkin in a certain way that if you balls this up, there's no more pumpkins. <laughs> it was it was more pressurised than the run itself. Uh, one tiny question I had from a listener was about compression socks, that they are getting pain in their ankles and feet that someone recommended to them getting a pair of compression socks. Now, you know that I'm obsessed with socks. I admired your Ireland socks that were photographed after your uh, shoebox 5K. Are compression socks anything you know? About? Is that something is that worth investing in? Um, yeah, they definitely work for some people. And um, I have used them. What, do, what I, do they do? Well, they're very good for your calf muscles. So if you're doing something fast, they can tend to protect your calf muscles a bit. Um, I would find if I ever had any soreness in my calves, I would wear them because it's like a little bit of a security blanket. It gives you that extra security that it's like as if they're holding your calves together. <laughs> what, mm. And do you, you wear them before or during? During, during. Yeah, definitely during. And you can wear them afterwards as well. Like a lot of right. people will wear compression tights or socks afterwards and you know it just depends on the person but yeah there's definitely um value to wearing them i would wear the compression socks now on an airplane all the time um because i believe that that works for me in kind mm -hmm. of keeping you know stopping your ankles from swelling up and okay well 
better when you get yeah. off the plane. So probably similar after a hard run and all of a sudden you've got all this warm blood, you know, flying around your body. That's where I think cold water is always good. So for you, the icing, that will make you feel better because it's just cooling one portion of your body down. But the blood is flowing all the way around there. So eventually your whole body is going to cool down just by icing, you know, an area that you feel needs a little bit extra. Do you have a brand that you prefer? I know that you're probably going to say Nike. <laughs> I don't know um, if Nike make them, actually. Not necessarily, no. Well, for the socks, I do I do have Nike compression socks, and they are pretty good. But it took them a few years to actually get to the right level of compression because some are not tight enough and some are too tight. Hmm. But I actually prefer to use the compression sleeves. So I wear, you wear your normal socks, and then you wear these... Yeah, so it's basically a sleeve, so it goes from below your knee to above your ankle. And okay. these, I, I get them, it's a company called Compress Sport, and I find them to be really good. Like, I've had a number of pairs of them for many years, and, and they okay. still work. Yeah, they, they, they definitely... Big shout out for those guys. Brilliant. They, okay, they keep, well, they they're going to get a bit of business. Tightness there for a long time. And the other thing, sometimes when you wear the socks the full sock, then the foot yeah. part can be a bit tight as well. And then that can be a bit uncomfortable. So I always find it's nicer to wear your own socks that you're comfortable mm-hmm. wearing because socks are a very important accessory, you know, when running to find the right ones for you, you know, because sometimes they can be a bit too thick or a bit too thin. And then depending on the weather as well, how they feel within your shoes. So once you find the right sock, then you don't want to go changing that just because mm. you want to wear compression socks. So it's nice if you can get those sleeves and you just pull them up and they just and cover the your ankles. the best of both worlds, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, like we've covered a ton here today, uh, Sonia. I have a couple of things to announce. Uh, first of all, the winner of the fancy dress element of the Irishman Running Abroad Challenge event number one is Christopher Marr, who, as I mentioned earlier, ran in the Moran Mountains. So by his own admission, the time wasn't superb, but, you know, he's running up the Moran Mountains dressed as the 118 guys, who I don't know if you know the 118 guys. They're, uh, you know, the afroed beard, uh, mustachioed guys. And uh, look, Christopher, you are going to get yourself an Irishman Abroad t-shirt and badge sent to you. Just uh, get in touch. Uh, Irishman Abroad podcast at gmail.com is the way to contact the show. If you have anything you want to get in touch with us about. Sonia, I'm thinking for our next event, uh, an old friend of Irishman Abroad is the incredible Mark Pollock, who, of course, is the creator of Run in the Dark, a 5K and 10K virtual multi-location night run taking place this year on the 18th of November, as I said, founded by Mark Pollock. Runinthedark.org is where I have registered for this. Would you join us, Sonia? Would you, uh, have you done this run before? I just love the, I love Mark. I love the charity. I just thought this would be the perfect kind of mid-November event for us. I, I have done the run before and um, I've helped out with the Mel- with the run in the dark in Melbourne because it's obviously it's a global event. And um, yeah, we always struggle to get a bit of darkness in Melbourne at that time of the year. <laughs> it's uh, summertime. It wouldn't be too bad in Queensland. Now up here, the sun, it just it's like as if the sun falls out of the sky. Like at five yeah. o'clock in the day, it's and I can tell because it's right out my window. It's my 
my view here in the evening time. Within an hour, it's it's gone down. It's amazing, pure darkness. Really? Yeah. So yeah, um, I'm, run, I'm run no difficulty getting darkness here at the moment where I am. I mean, it seems like uh, I really suffer with winter uh, blues. Uh, now the running has massively helped with this, but the the darkness sets in here at like seems like four o'clock at the moment. And, you know, for most of us, we're not finished our work until then. So for a lot of listeners, this is going to be heaven sent. It's a runinthedark.org is the place to register. It doesn't cost a whole load to register. And they'll send you a light up little holder, I think, for your phone. And of course, a medal if you complete it. Uh, There's an app and the whole lot. It's extremely well organized. And as you say, it's global. That's it for this week, uh, Sonia. I, I I can't believe that next week we're going to have a hopefully a new US president. Sorry for uh, <laughs> those that are Trump supporters listening to the show. That's just my wish that Joe Biden wins and that you're going to be out of your quarantine hotel. What's be- what's the f- first thing on your agenda for things to do when you get the hell out of there? Um, yeah, well, I, I'll be straight out of here next Sunday morning early as I can you can leave actually a minute after midnight but um I think I'm heading out at 5 a.m my sister's going to pick me up and hopefully I'm going to go for a bike ride straight away so I've been practicing a little bit on this little stationary one in my room here and then I'm actually a swim in the sea is what I'm actually really looking forward to and um, yeah so that's uh that would be nice and refreshing I think after being cooped up in a room for two weeks yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again, Sonia. The like the chats are really, really helping, and they're helping obviously uh, hundreds and thousands of people who are tuning in every single week. If you would like to come over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad and become a full member of the show, you can gain access to all of our episodes. That's hundreds of episodes in the archive, including many brilliant athletics and running and sports psychology ones that you'll love. And also you'll get all of the coverage that we're doing with Marion McKeown for the Irishman in America. Marion, of course, is from the Sunday Business Post, NPR and the BBC, and she's our US correspondent who has been smashing it uh, every single week with the best coverage and clarity on what the hell is happening over there right now. Thank you so much, Sonia. Thanks to Brian Connolly, our producer, to Tina and Mikey for making it all possible. To all of you for taking part in event number one in the challenge. And I guess there's 11 more to go before the Dublin City Marathon. I'm still buzzing from Saturday, Sonia. So thanks again. And we'll talk to you next week. Well done. Great effort. And we look forward to the next event in the dark. (laughs) Me too.